Good day and welcome to the Frontline Chatter Podcast. My name is Jarian Gibson with co-host Andrew Morgan. How are you doing today, Andrew? I'm doing pretty good. There's a yellow object in the sky over in Ireland and we're not quite sure what it is yet. The local media is telling us it's the sun, but um, I'm dubious. (laughs) And how are you, buddy? Good, good. So it's not as cloudy as it usually is over there then, huh? Not raining. It's it's wonderful. We've had three days of not rain, so I can't complain. Well, I hope it stays that way for uh, when we come over in June because my wife keeps asking, what's the weather going to be like? I'm like, I'll let you know when we get closer because you never know. (laughs) <laughs> you never do now. Like, or if if you if you prepare for E to E Dublin and rain, then you're not going to be disappointed because it'll probably rain. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Uh- Sorry, I was just going to say, Jerry, a very exciting guest today. We've been trying to schedule this podcast for some time, but from both sides, we've, we've had a little bit of noise. Um, and it's, it's great to finally have you here, Simon. Um, so just to introduce, uh, today on our Frontline Chatter, we have Simon Podcast of uh, our Simon Townsend from Absence. How are you today, Simon? I am very well. I've never been called Simon Podcast before, but... Uh... <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> and now I can't cut that bit out. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm I'm very happy to be here, and uh, I know there's been uh, a number of reasons why we've not been able to do this over the last couple of weeks. So uh, very excited to be here, and thank you for the invitation. Awesome. So I mean, you know, anybody who's who's been on top of Twitter for the last couple of years will will know you as Simon Townsend of Absence, and you know you've 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 uh, you've a background from Citrix Sales, so you know VP Product Management or Product Manager, and now uh, Chief Technologist. Um, you've had quite a you know a career thus far. Do you want to walk us through it and give us a little bit of history on who Simon is? Yeah, sure, no problem at all. I think um, I mean, look, my my first job started in the UK working for. Uh, a distributor, funnily enough, and that distributor was, uh, amongst other things like voice over IP, very early days of voice over IP and networking, distributed uh, Citrix technologies. Um, so uh, as well as trying to get voice over IP over wireless working back in uh, sort of like 2000, um, I was also introduced to Citrix MetaFrame 1.8. So uh, I probably don't go back in the Citrix world as far as some of you guys. Um, obviously, I was able to touch some WinFrame and stuff, but 1.8 really was uh, the first product that I got introduced to. And then I was heavily involved, if you remember the good old days, in uh, the launches of MetaFrame XP and the, the S, the A, and the E version, for, for instance, the old self-addressed envelope, as we used to call it, <laughs> the different versions. Um, so I spent, I probably spent, what, three and a half, four years um, working for uh, Wexcon Distribution, and that really gave me a massive amount of exposure. Um, if anybody's worked in distribution before, you'll know that um, it's a great stepping stone anywhere in life, and I would uh, recommend anyone takes it. Um, and the reason for that is you have exposure to all of the different vendors that are you're distributing. You have exposure to all of the partners that you're obviously selling and supporting, and then you have exposure to the end users as well. So incredibly steep learning curve, but a, a, a great experience. Um, and that really kick-started things for me. Um, and from there, I went and did a short amount of time uh, a gold Citrix partner uh, in both a technical and a sales role before I got my um, first job at AppSense 12 and a half years ago. Um, back then, AppSense was about 
36 people in size. Um, there was one SE in the UK, um, which was me. And there was, there was one sales guy in the UK. And um, subsequently, over the years, we continued to grow the business. So um, back then, we were adding value. Typically, in a city, you know, 99.9% .9 of our customers were a Citrix customer. Um, we were selling back then typically our application manager and performance manager technology. Um, and we grew that business up um, to the point where we had about 200 employees and um, things were going very, very well. And then about 2005, I think it was, we released what is now known as environment manager and we started to get into the profile management space as well. Um, and obviously the, at that point, the business took off. Um, we grew the business up to about 450, 500 employees. We sort of went through the revenue marks of 20 million, 50 million, 100 million. Um, and, you know, AppSense became uh, the leader in what we now call user environment management, which um, obviously does a number of things for various organizations. Um, I've been very privileged along the way. Um, I've, I've uh, ran the systems engineering team. I helped kickstart our professional services team to ensure that our technology was being deployed. I've done some time running product management, uh, particularly around sort of like the environment manager 8.4 releases, uh, where we introduced things like patching, et cetera. And then I've spent the last three years um, for all intents and purposes, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, an evangelist-type role, um, going out, meeting our customers, working with our partners, feeding back into product management and, and looking at both the short and the long-term strategy of where our technology needs to go. So um, really, really exciting times. And obviously, I've seen some change over the years, um, both in terms of people, size, uh, but also customer types and use cases. Um, you know, our business now is probably, what, 40% desktop? Um, uh, on, on traditional desktop and the rest um, and, and growing and the rest still coming from, you know, that, that virtualized desktop, Citrix, VMware, standard vanilla Microsoft type environments. So, yeah, exciting. Very, very exciting. Oh, very good. Metaframe XP, that, that was that was the first flavor I cut my teeth on too. It was a very, very good release. I liked it a lot. I still remember the funny people on the boxes as well. It was a, it was an interesting, uh, interesting product to say the least. But I you know it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's incredible, um, an incredible journey with Absence. Obviously, I mean, from two people in the UK to the, to the size and breadth you guys are now, and kind of the, you know, the, one of the cornerstones of the UEM market as, as it stands. And it's so, it's so interesting to hear. You know, I mean, you guys were predominantly dealing with Citrix back then, but it's as if people had forgotten there were issues on, on physical desktop. And then the you know you notice this with other UEM products as well. They start off with the virtual desktop story, and then they realize, hold on a second, there's a lot of stuff here that can that also translates to physical as well. So it's uh, you know it's it, it's good to see. It's good to see. Yeah, I think um, I think some of that Andrew um, is 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 luck. Uh, as much as it is judgment as well, right? The wind needs to be blowing in the right direction, and um, some people may disagree with me on this, but I think. Um, you know, when VDI came about and we started talking about layering the desktop and um, componentizing the desktop into an OS layer, an app layer, a data layer, a user layer, and we started talking about non-persistent, I think it was the traditional Citrix space that sort of um, helped shape uh, how you should manage a desktop moving forward. Because ultimately, you know, Citrix server farms had been non-persistent for many, many years. And so the importance of managing a desktop and the applications and the users in that way sort of just carried over into the VDI space. And I think as uh, 
desktop teams have merged with Citrix teams um, and become Windows engineering or end user computing teams, I think uh, some of that old Citrix methodology and that approach to managing a, a Citrix terminal server environment has has now landed on you know the traditional desktop as well. Um, it's, uh, it's it's been interesting to watch. Yeah, no, I I'd, I'd completely agree with that. Um, it's uh, you know the the best practices and standards that that were that were inferred or learned through through um, through terminal services slash uh, VDI you know or also have a very good place in, in the physical desktop where it was kind of more of a messy uh, uh, hodgepodge of, of of technologies. So um, anyway, I mean, I mean, you got you know from from an absence point of view, from you know from a public presence, you guys have been quite light or have been quite uh, quiet lately uh, up until recent news. You know, how's everything going? You know, and uh, how is the, how is all in the house of upsets it is uh we are we we have been quietly busy i think that would be that would be a good way to uh, that would be a good way to describe it um obviously there is some uh, more recent news uh, on the tables which i'm sure we're going to cover off towards the end of this call but um you know from an absence point of view um i suppose we've been focused in three areas really um we've obviously still got uh, a huge amount of customers i mean we're deployed on i don't know what it is nine million endpoints now across three and a half thousand customers and so there is a continued need to continue the innovation within our traditional desktop now products um so we've been very busy um releasing uh i mean we've had what we, we had a release last year and we've now been very, very busy working on what is now going to be known as version 10 of the desktop now suite. And that is um, due out probably uh, around May time. So uh, looking uh, to, to, to launch that uh, at, at Synergy probably. Um, so we've been busy working on the next version of, uh, of the traditional products uh, and put some very uh, cool features and functionality into that based on both what the market's doing and what our customers require. Uh, secondly, um, we have we released a new product last year, uh, Insight, um, and we've been busy updating our data, uh, our data now product as well. So there's been a lot going on with product releases and products that we bring into market. Um, and we've also been extremely busy in um, selling our application manager product and our security offering to the traditional desktop, which um, as such has kick-started um, an internal uh, project on a completely new product um, that uh, we will be talking about throughout the remainder of this year, which really starts to address uh, endpoint security challenges on physical endpoints, regardless of whether they're attached to the domain or not. And uh, so, yeah, no, busy, busy times for us. Very nice. So, you know, UEM is uh, widely used and can cover a wide breadth of, you know, features and functionality. So what makes UEM a solution in your opinion? Yeah, that is a um, that is a very very good question and uh, something that I like to bang the drum about every now and again as well. I think, uh, in my opinion, UEM is more often than not confused with just profile management, and I also think that UEM is sometimes referred to as a solution that is uh, only suitable or should only be referenced when you're talking about deploying a virtualized desktop or, you know, a terminal services RDSH type of environment. Here, here. Um, you know, and I think UEM 
is more than that. And I think I'll refer back to, you know, that approach that I spoke about earlier about this, this componentized or layered desktop approach, for instance, right? I mean, ultimately, what we're all trying to get to is a scenario where we can decouple the operating system away from the applications, the data away from those applications, and then hopefully the user element of that away from, 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 from the other layers uh, below. Um, and, you know, that in itself um, is, is an approach not that isn't just suitable for VDI, for instance, uh, but is, is an approach that, that uh, should actually suit any type of Windows-based application or, or desktop deployment. Um, and there's obviously various benefits for doing that. And we're all trying to get to the point where we've got single images, for instance. You know, we've only got one version of one image of Windows or, uh, you know, one or two PVS images kicking around that we can use, for instance. We're trying to package applications once so that we don't have to sequence them or package to them multiple times, for instance. Um, and the only way really of doing that is, is to sort of look at a UEM type of solution and, and whether you can independently manage the user away from the underlying OS and the applications. And for that reason, um, you know, a UEM solution in my mind does ap apply to more than just the virtual desktop world. And it also obviously applies to more, far more than just managing your Windows-based profile and solving roaming profile challenges like profile bloat and profile corruption. Um, the other thing I think that is important to note is um, that for a long time, we've spoken about this concept of user environment management and how we should have a user-centric approach to computing and that we should abstract the user away from the machine and that, you know, stop managing machines and start managing users. I'd probably go one further than that now and say that user context is um, becoming and has become increasingly more important. So it's not just about can I manage Simon Townsend as a user, regardless of where he logs on to and how he's getting his applications in his desktop, but it comes down to his my context as well. Am I working from home today? Am I working in the office tomorrow? Am I flying over to the US and working from the US tomorrow? And based on that context, um, how I manage that user, what I configure, what I personalize, what I secure, what data I deliver down to that user needs to change because it's that context of the user that is now significantly more mobile than it's ever been before. So, you know, as I said, far more than just profiles. Um, this is about, you know, depending on who I am and where I am in the world, what do I have access to? What can I do? What can't I do? What can I install? What can't I install? Can I get access to my corporate file shares? Can I not get access to them? You know, and, um, you know, the profile management piece is, you know, not to not to dumb it down, but is is simply just making sure that, you know, my wallpapers on, on my desktop and that my I've got the correct Outlook uh, signature and the, the word dictionary that needs to to follow me around. Um, so UEM, in my opinion, is, is, is significantly more than just, you know, managing uh, profiles on VDI, for instance. I couldn't agree with you more. And if you look out over this market at the moment, there there's a massive feature parity gap for all those people who are comparing themselves as UEM vendors. And, you know, it really is only the top echelon companies like like AppSense who can kind of say that they have completed the UEM story, if that's true, if that's fair. Yeah, 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 I, did, uh, I, I, I would agree, yeah. 
Very good. So, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, speaking of, of the, the smaller players, VMware recently made an acquisition in this market to, to, to acquire some of the UEM technologies uh, into their Horizon suite at the enterprise level. Um, you know, have you seen any ripple from this and, you know, or, or partners' response to this? Yeah, I think um, it's interesting. I mean, again, I don't want to give your listeners a, a history lesson in, <laughs> in, in in this space, but, you know, over the years... AppSense and other vendors in this space have seen various bigger vendors um, OEM or deliver, um, you know, point solutions within within their own stack. I mean, you've only got to turn back the clock to what, 2004, 2005, and Citrix purchased the Arima and the RTA, RTO T-scale products, right, to try and deal with DLL optimization and CPU management, for instance. Um, you know, later on, they then acquired the UPM technology from Sapago. Um, and every time, um, and to your point with the VMware and the Amidio piece, every time one of those bigger vendors made a move uh, or acquired a company like that, um, we actually have seen an increase in the number of opportunities and our and ultimately our our business because i think that you know what it does is that opens up for instance um the whole market uh for an organization like AppSense and or you know uh, one of the other uem vendors for instance um and it gives us accessibility to not just the larger more complex type of environments but it gives us the opportunity to go and have a conversation with even the smallest of the smallest customers that are just deploying, you know, 500 seats or, or 1,000 seats, for instance. So, you know, from an opportunity point of view, it opens up a lot more doors. It, uh, you know, it validates the market that, you know, Windows profiles aren't good enough, that you do need to look at um, whether it be application control, um, uh, dynamically configuring your environment to reduce the number of images you've got, whether it's trying to save costs from a CapEx or an OpEx point of view, you know, it, it, it's a door opener, uh, I, I think, for, 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 for the most part. Um, you know, what's the feedback from partners? The feedback from partners has been um, incredibly positive. I think, um, you know, I think VMware needed to do something in this space. I think um, if you look at Citrix, Citrix had already got the UPM technology. Um, that technology, in my opinion, is a very simple to use um good enough piece of technology and i think vmware uh, with no disrespect to any uh, organization or persons involved in the previous acquisitions before Remedio, but you know they were in desperate need of a technology that worked and that scaled right they'd had vmware and had a couple of failed att attempts uh, at, at, at providing a profile management solution and i think Emidio gave them that piece of technology and a little bit more, right? Because it didn't just do the profile management piece. It also allowed people to, you know, replace their logon scripts, deploy group policies and dynamically configure the environment as and, as and when users logged on and off. So, um, you know, it's smart, smart piece of technology, been around a long time, popular in the community, um, very simple to use. Um, and so, um, you know, as I say, I, I congratulate them on, on, on that particular piece. Yes. Um, yeah, so the acquisition has kind of, you know, validated the need, you know, and that, that's good for all the businesses involved. So, you know, VMware's, you know, recent-ish acquisition, you mentioned, you know, a little bit, you talked about that, you know, has uh, kind of caused a ripple effect um, for customers to start looking at value and suites. 
Um, what have you seen with AppSense and from your partners um, in response to this? Yeah, I think, um, I, I mean, you're, you're referring there probably to, I mean, a number of different things, right? When you say looking at suites, but I mean, um, looking at whether they go for the enterprise version of VMware or whether they go and have a look at, you know, the Res 1 product or the AppSense suite, right? Is, is that what you're referring to? Yes, correct. You know, looking at the, you know, the, the combined packages that, that kind of include that um, within the license they're buying, um, you know, instead of just one-off products. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think, <laughs> I think the challenge is, um, and the challenge in, in, in this space particularly, when we start to talk about profile management versus user environment management, and then you sort of say, okay, well, what about a, a solution that's included versus a third party, for instance? The frustrating thing um, and the difficulty, I think, is that the devil is in the detail, right? And when the devil is in the detail and it comes down to scalability, management, functionality, what bits does one product do versus what bits another product doesn't do. Um, that means that within an organization um, and as part of an evaluation, that there's a certain type of person that is aware of those details. Uh, and then there are people perhaps further up uh, the buy-in food chain that, that are not aware of those details. Um, does that does that make some sense? Yeah, yes, um, it, yes, it does. Um, uh, you know, the... The likes of the likes of us, for instance, can sit there. I mean, um, I, I've recently done some work with, um, you know, we P, or PQR have just released their new version of the UEM Smackdown document, for instance, right? And um, you know, there, there's a document that goes into um, an incredible amount of detail, right? And you can you can look through the matrices and you can see what products do which bits, for instance. But ultimately, at the C level. Um, you know, and the person that's, that, that's ultimately signing the check, you know, their assumption is is that uh, a vendor or vendor X has got a all-encompassing solution, and for one price, they can go to one vendor and buy a buy buy a solution that's going to uh, do exactly what it says on the tin and fulfil their needs. Um, it's the likes of. Uh, you know ourselves and um, as, as as engineers as architects for instance that have got the opportunity to perhaps test that a little bit further and actually see what some of those subtle differences are um, and therefore make a more informed decision it's the business justification actually that that, that nine times out of ten is is perhaps a little bit harder to um, replay up the food chain I get that yeah yeah that, that makes sense and and so, you know, we kind of see with, you know, Landesk acquiring you guys and VMware acquiring products for their suites. You know, Microsoft has things in, in theirs. Um, what do you think about Citrix? Do you see them doing something, expanding their product? And in your opinion, should they? Yeah, good, good, good question. I think um, I think they've got a head start because they've got UPM, right? And I think, um, you know, there's a lot. That there's a lot of people out there that need to just deploy VDI and, you know, their focus is deploying 2,000 or 3,000 seats of VDI. And if you're deploying those types of numbers and everybody's in the same data center and you've got a limited number of applications um, and the VDI machines are sat right next to the rest of the backend infrastructure, then a profile management solution will allow you to deploy a non-persistent 
VDI or at least get some way to deploy in a non-persistent VDI. And so, um, and I don't use this term in an insulting way, but, you know, that means that a good enough technology is good enough, right, for, for those types of environments. If things start to get a little bit more complex and you start to go multi-data center, you start to look at having laptops in the environment, some people on VDI, some people on Citrix, deploying applications through VDI desktop down to laptops, or your application deployment starts to change, then, you know, your requirements will change and you may need something that's more than just good enough. But I think, you know, Citrix do have that UPM technology. Um, I do think, as I said before, I think it is a simple to use tool. And I think it does a very, very good job of replacing Roman profiles and, uh, and solving that need. So the question is, is, well, what else do they need? Uh, and perhaps why do they need it? Um, now, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to try and second guess uh, why they think they may need it. Um, but ultimately, you know, they may well look to the market and think, well, hey, look, we need something that can dynamically configure a user environment um, as a user logs on, for instance. They may want to look at um, competing uh, or playing catch up with the VMware piece, which obviously now has got, you know, things like the Emidio uh, suite in it and has also got, um, you know, the app volumes piece. And we've already seen them, you know, respond to that with their app disks. Um, do they need it? Um, I think the Citrix ecosystem is a powerful one. Um, I think there are a lot of vendors out there, including AppSense, RES, Liquidware Labs, Unidesk, um, uh, Norscale. You know, I think there is a number of different vendors out there that give customers choice. Um, um, and I think Citrix have done a phenomenal job um, over the last uh, 15 years that I've worked with them in working with the ecosystem, having things like the Citrix Ready program, for instance, and um, working with partners and allowing partners to choose and, and CTPs, you know, like yourselves, allowing them to choose the right solution for their customers. Um, so, you know, you could argue, do they need it? Um, but then on the flip side of that, Citrix may say, no, you know, for that smaller environment for that customer we need to fulfill a need we need to fulfill a need out of the box and therefore you know they may choose to uh to to, to look at either building or, or or acquiring a piece of technology to do that but i think fundamentally they have um a good product in uh, in upm as it stands yeah and i, I would agree they have a, a fairly good product and it has worked well and served its purpose and i i agree with them having the ready um part uh ready partner program and looking at you know those partners in that to get expanded functionality but i would still like to see citrix do a little bit more um yeah. kind of in between what their partners do and what they have today um because when you look at you know when you're paying for that initial pieces you know you're, you're putting a pretty good chunk of change out and not everyone can then go out and afford to buy uh, a third-party product to, to bring in to, to do what they need so it would be nice for them to have a little bit more and kind of do just enough, but not enough to where they're competing with their partners out there. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that makes sense, right? I mean, they 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 and VMware obviously look at each other on a regular basis, um, you know, and uh, I think they probably need to bring themselves uh, they need to bring themselves in line with um, you know what a Midio can offer in that enterprise version of you, right? Um, that would make that would make some sense. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I'd validate that too as well. I mean, I think the the profile manager piece Citrix has does enough for for some 
could they do a little bit more with their engines? Uh, yes, they could. But then at the end of the day, um, what their partners offer, it, it would never make as it would never make any sense for Citrix to to go to even half the the, the functionality that the that the leading you know vendors like AppSense would do. But I mean, obviously. On that topic, I mean, for for a long time, you guys have been have been known as you know the best in breed you see uh, kind of UEM product. I mean, you the 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 product does everything you could possibly want it to do, and you know even a little bit more. I mean, but you know, leading up to this podcast, you obviously gave us a briefing of uh, data now and insights, which were which were completely new to me. And to be honest, I was really impressed. Um, for for anybody who knew AppSense as a UEM uh, solution, w- would you like to give them a, a quick rundown of data now and insight? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, you know, obviously um, most people know us for either our environment manager, application manager or performance manager technology. So, um, you know, if anyone wants to find out more about those, I'm, I, I'm, sure, they, I'm sure they can do. Um, but um, about three years ago, we, we released or developed in-house uh, a product we call DataNow. Um, and uh, initially it started... Um, as a small idea and a small project um, to solve what we called the Dropbox issue. And the Dropbox issue at the time was the fact that companies were talking to us and saying, look, um, we need that um, uh, sort of like consumer-like experience across multiple devices um, for users to get access to their data, their, their Word documents, their Excel spreadsheets, for instance. But we don't like the fact that you know, they're putting it in the cloud and they're putting it in in, in Dropbox, uh, for instance. And so, um, you know, we, we developed a tool uh, called DataNow, which effectively is a virtual appliance, sits in the DMZ and in the first instance, in the first version of the product, gave users uh, secure HTTPS access to their home drives. So it didn't matter whether I was on my Windows machine, my mobile phone, my Mac, or I had a web browser, I could get access to my home drive. And that would be the same home drive, for instance, that was mapped uh, via a drive mapping in my VDI or Citrix environment, for instance. And so that was good. It solved a particular needs use case. And what we then did was we then built on that product. Um, We started offering access to other SMB shares, for instance. We started offering access to uh, SharePoint backend file uh, systems as well. But in the last year or so, we have significantly increased um, the functionality and the feature set within that product. Um, I now have the ability to do something called in-location sync uh, and also to do something called drive mapping emulation. Um, these two things alone allow me to have a very um, unique but familiar experience when I'm logged on to my um, Windows PC and yet have access to all of those files that are sat in my data center. So, you know, if I want to synchronize my desktop, uh, my downloads folder, my documents folder, for instance, DataNow has got this ability to do this in-location sync of all of my local profile files and synchronize them with my back-end file servers, um, uh, my back-end SMB shares, for instance. Now, that gives me... Um, uh, uh, an amazing experience because it means I can save things locally. I don't need to change how I save documents on my Windows device. But from an IT point of view, it means that um, I can implement things like break fix. All of my files are being backed up. And if that user then does decide to log on to 
a virtualized desktop or a virtualized application, those files are also available to that environment uh, as well. Um, you know, the drive mapping emulation, for instance, allows me to um, provide a link um, or, or a drive emulate a drive map, and it looks and feels like a drive mapping on my machine, and it actually. So I can click on my M drive, yet I'm actually synchronizing data with a back-end SMB share, for instance, right? So it doesn't matter whether I log on to Citrix and have an H drive or whether I log on to my PC, I've got an H drive. Those files are being synchronized uh, across those environments. And that's really moved that product data now from being a alternative to a Dropbox or a Box, for instance, and instead is now a commonly used as part of any Windows migration or desktop transformation project, and instead is actually competing against things like offline files, uh, drive mappings, and folder redirection, which, you know, you and most of your listeners will know are, are, are typically things that cause us a number of headaches, right? So Massive um, pen in the arse. You're putting it nicely. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, you know, you take data now, you combine it with Environment Manager, and what you have is the ability to effectively provide um, a, a backup um, of all of my persona, all of my profile settings, for instance, um, you know, my wallpaper, my signatures, my application layouts, for instance, and you're also backing up all of my files and my folders that are on my desktop, in my downloads, in my documents, for instance, so that when I jump from one OS to another or one machine to another, I'm getting a consistent experience, not just from a profile point of view, but also from a, uh, a user data point of view as well. So, We've seen some uh, we've seen some fairly large implementations in the last year with data now, um, and I'm talking sort of like hundred thousand users uh, and above. Um, you know, we've put smart card support in there. We've put SMB and encryption between the appliance and the back end data centers in there. And, um, you know, we're fairly excited about the roadmap uh, for the remainder of this year, which will start to look at additional connectors on the back end. So, you know, lots of customers, for instance, are now coming to us and saying, well, it's great. I can get access to my SMB shares and SharePoint, but are you looking at doing any, any other connectors? What about if I wanted to put my data into OneDrive or into AWS or another type of environment? Um, so we're looking at those at the moment. The beauty with data now is that all that traffic that's being synchronized is going from my machine back through to my corporate network. It means you can do syslogs, you can export what's going on to Splunk and have complete visibility of what's being synchronized down if someone's sharing too much, sharing too little. And you can obviously wrap that up with all those contextual policies that people know and love AppSense for as well, you know, to, to ensure that you can meet compliance or security regulations, whatever it might be. So that's the data now piece. Um, the insight piece is um, a, a new product that was actually only released, version one of it was released only last year. Um, and already, um, as I said in May, we are now looking at releasing version 10 of that product alongside version 10 of the rest of the AppSense products. Um, that is a um, a user metrics or user analytics tool specifically focused on um, 
user experience and security and compliance. So if you're familiar with what AppSense does from a profile point of view, if you're familiar with the fact that we can improve logon times, for instance, and understand what's going on at logon, if you're familiar with the fact that we do application whitelisting and privilege management and uh, rights elevation, you're familiar with the fact that we can manage CPU and memory and improve performance, get more users per box, and the fact that we do this data management, if you take all of that, Insight is, in essence, in real simplistic terms, reporting on all of that for you. So that and that reporting isn't reliant, for instance, on the rest of the AppSense suite to function either. So Insight is commonly being used as a tool to help organizations understand, for instance, what their log on times are and why their log on times are perhaps as slow as they are. They're allowing people to dive into a user's logon and see that, you know, on Monday last week, Andrew's logon was one minute 30 and it was held up by a VB script or a group policy or uh, something else that was going on during logon. Um, if organizations want to see what users are installing, what they're running, what they're getting UAC prompts for and running as local admin rights, we can, we, we can report on that. Um, if it's performance, CPU consumption, memory, um, whether it be OS specific or application specific, we can report on all of it. So it gives us the ability to uh, actually understand what's going on um, from an end user compute point of view and also then give us the ability to obviously demonstrate, you know, how, for instance, other UEM type products um, uh, or other UEM functionality can obviously help overcome some of those challenges and then, you know, give you an ongoing uh, service improvement plan so you can actually keep an eye on what's going on from a user experience point of view, what's going on from a security point of view. So um, there's some fairly cool videos on the website and there's some fairly good stuff kicking around YouTube as well. So, I mean, if anyone wants um, a video of the new version 10 uh, version of Insight, then, then, then get them to get in touch with me and I can point them in the right direction and, and show them sort of like a, a quick three-minute video of, uh, of what that can offer them. But again, very exciting piece of technology. Um, interestingly enough, um, both the Data Now and the Insight technology um, work on a completely different infrastructure to what um, people may know AppSense for. Um, we use virtual appliances, so sort of like free uh, BSD type virtual appliances. So they're incredibly easy to download, evaluate, run POCs, runs, run pilots with as well. You know, you just download the virtual appliance, give it some networking information, uh, install the agents on the endpoint, and all of a sudden you've got both visibility and access to uh, uh, your environment and your data. Very good. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's it's um, it's great to see that you know not only you know the, the performance manager piece is is, is a phenomenal or part of the suite, the the application management and security, the user profile management, the contextual awareness, and now kind of data management and you know insights into what is actually happening in those sessions day to day. You know, drilling out the the key and, and interesting um, metrics that that, that may have uh, may have occurred during the the other suites um, running. So yeah, we were we were really impressed by the by the, the the overall suite and the direction that you've taken with insight i mean from from a licensing point of view you know are, are there favorable suites where you know a customer may have uh you know some of the uem pieces but may want additionals how, how does this get bundled up if you mind me asking no that's fine andrew it's a great question um everything that absence does can be bought separately so whether you want environment manager, application manager, performance manager, data now or insight, you can buy all of them uh, independently. Um, 
so and you know we we also have a management uh, tool it's called the AppSense Management Center that's a three tier um, uh, HTTPS IIS with a SQL back management and deployment tool um, that's completely free of charge with any one of the AppSense components so all of our customers get that regardless of whether you're buying a suite or one of the products and that gives you the ability to deploy our agents down to the endpoints and also deploy our configurations and do things like change control and put machines into different groups and manage uh, different agents and different configs on different machines um, that is optional and it should be noted that is optional. If you want to deploy um, the Data Now agent or the Performance Manager agent via SCCM, you can do that. If you want to deploy the configurations via SCCM, you can do that. If you want to use group policy, we've got some customers that use automation machines to deploy their stuff. We've got other customers that are already using the, the, the Landes technology to deploy our agents, for instance. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, everything that we're deploying is typically an MSI file. It just so happens that Absence has this management product that we, we also ship for, for deployment and management as well. Um, but you can buy any one of those components independently. They've all got an RRP. Um, it's all typically done on a per user basis. So regardless of whether one user is accessing AppSense technology on his desktop, on his VDI machine and his terminal server. It's one license across all three of those platforms uh, for each one of those technologies. When you then start to look at two or more of the technologies, we then start to offer suites and uh, or bundles, if you like. And we have a number of uh, bundles and or promotions that can uh, take place at any, any one time. But um, the most common bundles uh, and suites that we sell is something called the Desktop Now Suite and Desktop Now Plus. Desktop Now Plus is the all-you-can-eat. You've got access to everything. So if you're interested in um, profile management, um, application whitelisting, privilege management, performance management, access to your data, and the reports and the user metrics and analytics that goes around that, Desktop Now Plus is the is is the combined suite right that's the platinum version if you like of of the absence suite coming down from that um the majority of our customers historically obviously have purchased into what's called the desktop now suite um so note the there's no plus on that just the desktop now suite and that's uh environment manager application manager and performance manager so you know we've Customers that want to upgrade to the Desktop Now Plus suite, there's pricing available for that and bundles available for that. Um, and then throughout the year, what we also have done um, is, you know, we have done some smart things around uh, that make sense to our customers, right? So in a traditional desktop environment, lots of people um, need to remove local admin privileges. So they're interested in the application manager product. But before they can deploy Application Manager, they're extremely interested in how many administrators they've got out there. And more importantly, why, for instance, uh, those uh, users need admin rights in the first place, what applications are prompting for the, UA, the UAC prompt. Um, and so things like bundling Application Manager and Insight together and offering that uh, at, at a price point is, is also something that we, um, that we commonly do. 
Very good. Okay. Um, so, you know, you guys obviously had some very exciting news in the, in, uh, recently, um, you know, acquisition on the horizon and all that, and uh, the, new, uh, the, the new parent being Landesk. Is there anything you want to tell us about that or how, um, or, you know, uh, how it's gone and, and what you expect to come from this? Yeah, no, sure, sure. Um, uh, so, yeah, the, the acquisition um, completed uh, uh, earlier this week. So um, uh, we are now formally um, uh, Landesk. Um, Landesk have obviously been around for quite some time. They've been around uh, probably about 30 years or so. Um, they are an organization from an employee's point of view who are probably about twice as big as us. They had about 850 employees. We had about 450. Um, so combined now, um, you know, we've got um, somewhere in the region of 15,000 uh, customers, which is significantly up from our 3,500 that we had. Um, and we're now on about 25 million endpoints, for instance. So um, combined, we are obviously a, a, a significantly larger organization with a, with a much broader portfolio of, of products. Um, Landesk really operate in three key areas. Um, first of all, they do something uh, in the user management space. So um, whether that is managing endpoints, managing devices, uh, IT management, um, uh, endpoint management uh, and and also service desk management and and something that many of you may not be familiar with but you know Landesk have got a uh, a product called Service Desk which uh, is a complete ITAM ITSM type tool as well so it gives people the ability to implement IT stores do self service for instance um, and uh, obviously manage a user from the moment for instance they get onboarded through HR all the way through to uh, you know the moment that they leave for instance so user management is a big part for instance of of what Landesk does and I think part of um, the acquisition and part of the reason behind the acquisition is is that obviously AppSense is 100% focused on, on on user environment management and that plays nicely into their user management piece second thing that Landesk do is around security management though and AppSense have seen in the last 12 months a significant increase in uh, the demand for our endpoint security products uh, application manager. Whether it's application whitelisting, whether it is uh, removal of admin rights and privilege management, for instance, both on a virtualized desktop and a traditional one, um, you know, we've seen, uh, I mean, we've sold something like 900,000 seats of application manager alone in the last 12 months. So, Part, a very, very big part of uh, the land desk AppSense piece moving forward is around combining our security technology of whitelisting and privilege management with the land desk um, security management uh, platform already. Um, you know, if you look at the look at the market at the moment, there's various reports out there, but you know, 85% um, you know of uh, targeted attacks can be mitigated by doing four simple things, and that would be patching the operating system, patching your applications, implementing whitelisting, and implementing privilege management. You know, AppSense and Landesk com combined are able to deliver all four of those. So it really sort of ups the ante when it comes to uh, endpoint security, for instance. And I think that's uh, another big reason why, you know, AppSense and Landesk came together. And then lastly, um, and interestingly, Landesk do uh, a piece in uh, mobile, uh, mobile device management, mobile application management, specifically for the industrial uh, 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 market as well. So um, 
I don't see there being much um, uh, integration with the AppSense pieces in there, possibly some something around data now. But predominantly, you know, um, Landesk is going to continue to invest in the AppSense products. As I said, we're just about to release version 10 of our software, and we've already got our plans in place for 10.1 and um, new products that I that I mentioned in the security place moving forward. But we are busy now under the hood also looking at how we can integrate some of these technologies, you know, what does, for instance, environment manager and our service desk at the land desk service desk product look like when it comes together? You know, we've got a lot of documented APIs, scriptable interfaces, for instance, that can be called with ease from the service desk product. And then also the integration from a security point of view and, you know, how we go about securing Windows endpoints. So, um, you know, very, very interesting uh, uh, acquisition. We're extremely excited. I think the Landesk guys are extremely excited as well. Um, obviously, it opens up a whole host of different technologies, customers and partners uh, for us as well. Um, and, you know, we've even got, um, I think I'd just prompt anybody, if you, if you go onto YouTube and uh, you type in Sharp Healthcare, um, there's a nice video on there that they have put together for us. Uh, they are both an existing Landesk customer and an AppSense one. And it really starts to demonstrate um, how much synergy there is between the, and, uh, uh, synergy between the two technologies there are, and also how culturally um, we, we tend to treat our customers very similar as well. So, uh, you know, when it comes to support and service and, and, and ongoing support and stuff, then, then um, you know, we, we've got a very, very similar culture to them. So, yeah, very, very excited to be part of the Landes family. We, uh, we, we can't wait to uh, see what the next uh, 12 months brings both ourselves, but more importantly, our, our, our customers and our partners. It sounds like yeah, it sounds like a great uh, a great kind of meeting of minds there. You know, it seems it seems like there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of cross uh, uh, industry um, synergies between your your two products. And uh, at first, I wasn't I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen. In a sense, I wasn't quite sure how that was going to work. But now you've you've definitely opened my eyes <laughs> to you know the benefits to this and you know the 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 the, um, the synergies between the two uh, two vendors. So yeah, excited to see what happens, and I'm glad that it's been well received on both ends it sounds like a, a really good move and an exciting time for absence no problems it's good yeah so you know one question we like to uh to ask everyone that comes on frontline chatter um you know kind of on a personal notes you know away from your day job euc and cloud um you know what market or technology are you keenly watching at the moment and what excites you about it um <laughs> um Interesting enough, I just came back from holiday and I, when I wasn't chasing the kids around the swimming pool and making sure that my one-year-old wasn't falling in the deep end and having to get in a freezing cold swimming pool and play volleyball with my son, um, I sat down and um, I was doing some reading around virtual reality, funnily enough. And, um, you know, I uh, have been looking at that and it interests me a lot because I before I before I started reading up, I just wrongly assumed that you know virtual reality was perhaps what I thought of it five years ago, and um, I'd seen various announcements from PlayStation about how I could pre-order you know the virtual reality headset on on the PS4, for instance, um, and I thought to myself, isn't isn't virtual reality just those excuse my French, but isn't it just those crap? graphics right where you know nothing actually looks real and it doesn't look anywhere near as good as what 
you know, a traditional game would be. And, you know, do I really want to sit there with a headset on playing games? But it's very interesting, actually, when you start to look at virtual reality and how it can help and be adopted in various different um, enterprises and also across, you know, the business world, for instance. You know, if you think about the, uh, what virtual reality may uh, part it may play from a healthcare point of view, from an education point of view, for instance, from you know training up pilots and uh, other other types of industries, for instance, and it's it's obviously got a huge amount of investment. Um, you know, Facebook, Google, Sony, um, Android. I mean, they're all over it, and I think it's um, it's going to be very interesting just to keep an eye on uh, that one and see how it how it plays out for. Uh, the next uh, 12, 18, 24 months, for instance. Um, I don't necessarily think that, you know, we're all going to jump ship and start deploying virtual reality uh, into our into all of our environments. But it's a very neat and cool piece of technology that is significantly more mature and has advanced far quickly than I thought it had um, and seems to be gaining a lot of attention. So, um, yeah, very, very interested in that. I mean, that's that's probably my uh, non-work-related geek piece of my life um, that, that I'm keeping a very close eye on at the moment. I don't know whether whether you guys have uh, looked into that. Oh, not personally, no. I, 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 I'm probably you before you started investing it or investigating it. I've, I kind of assumed that you know um, it was where I left it out last time, but it sounds like it's really come on leaps and bounds. I haven't noticed the announcements. Um, Thomas Poppelgart showed me some some VR stuff with the kit with the kit he had at, at an E2E a year or two ago, and it was great. But I was still trying to find figure out where where it was going to land. But obviously, the training idea you mentioned there is is a huge play, huge play yeah. that I'd never spoke or I'd never thought about before. What about you, Jay? You ever looked at virtual reality? Um, I'm kind of same 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 place as you. Okay, so we both need to go off and investigate virtual reality now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It looks sounds like it. All right, cool. Look, Simon, and thank you so much for for coming along today and talking to us about AppSense. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, just to close down the podcast, I just wanted to thank our sponsors, uh, Goliath Technologies, uh, FS Logics, and Liquidware Labs for sponsoring us. You guys are awesome. And to hand over to Jay to close in. Yes, and thank you to our guest today. I uh, really appreciate catching up with, with you and AppSense, and congrats again on the acquisition um, by Landesk. Um, and thank you to our listeners. We'll talk to you next time for Frontline Chatter Podcast. My name is Jarian Gibson with co-host Andrew Morgan.